Morning, everybody. Let me just, uh, hang on. Take my tablet out. Because, strangely enough, and it's nice to be company, welcome to Monday, I just said to uh, Anthony, I said, very quiet tonight. He said, it's the heat. What it is, people lie there and they're going, I haven't got the energy to pick up the phone, I haven't got the energy to do this or the energy to do that. And so consequently, everybody lies there just enjoying the conversation. But if you're presenting the programme and you're used to doing phone-ins, like as they do throughout the night here on LBC with Anthony, um, if it all of a sudden goes quiet, he can then do the papers, which then kind of doesn't leave me much to do afterwards. So I, what I said to him, I said, I'll do 20 minutes on a strepsil. He said, well, you probably could do 20 minutes on a strepsil. Because I've, I came in... <coughs> Excuse me, and I'm, you're going to get a lot of this coughing, I'm afraid, today, but it doesn't matter, it's nothing, it's nothing major. <laughs> they come in threes. Actually, i tell you who's just died in America. The bloke who does the advert for Sillip Bang, who's very famous. And No, not, no, the one in America who does it. No, the one over here is mad, isn't he? Sillip Bang, he's mad as a March hair he is. But the one in America is very famous because he does Sillip Bang and something else. And uh, he was pictured coming off a plane, I think, in um, near Sarasota. And, and he, he banged his head, but it didn't have anything to do with that. And then a few hours later, pronounced dead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So what with that and, uh, and Michael Jackson in the paper, I, I might be reduced to doing 20 minutes on a strepsil. Because to be honest with you, I feel absolutely awful this morning. If anybody else has got it, I don't know where it came from, this thing, but I'll kill whoever gave it to me. Because it ju- it, you know when you get a you cough or a cold and it starts off and you think it's going to go? And yesterday, Julie Peasgood said to me, she said, are your glands swollen? And I said, well, I can feel, I think they are actually. That's always a bad indication, isn't it? When you don't feel uh, 100%. So I had some strawberries this morning, but I've been awake since about 10 o'clock last night. Couldn't sleep for love nor money, except for about the last five minutes, just before the alarm goes off. And all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm just nodding off now. And then you go, beep, 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 beep. It's one of those annoying alarm clocks I've got. So I came in to look at the papers today, and I have no copy of the mirror. So I have no idea where the, uh, where the mirror's gone to today. But as, as uh, Anthony said, what they've said in the sun is they've got this coroner's report. I don't think they've seen the coroner's report at all. I don't think they, they could have done. Four jabs into the singer's heart. Uh, that would be, I'm assuming, to try and kickstart it. Broken ribs and bruises, that would be from the... Uh, when they put those things on, they go, stand back, one, two, three, and they're trying to get it started again. Starved and totally bald. Well, I always assumed that he was thin. I mean, in fact, Michael Jackson was thin. I think he was eight stone. So uh, he, was, he, was, he was very slight, and I always assumed that the hair were, were wigs. I never, never thought anything else at all. Uh, but anyway, nice to have your company. 84850, steve at uk. We shall struggle our weary way through being Monday morning, because uh, if you're going into... Hang on, wait a minute. I have to go, go over here as well. If, if you're going into work... No, it's all right. It's my hanky. I can find my hanky. <laughs> People ferreting about for my hanky. But if you're going into work today, take something light. Because if you're sitting on a tube, 30 degrees, it's not going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be absolute misery. I, of course, will be sitting under a fan at home, uh, which I think would be good. Uh, Amanda says, thank you for saying hello to my mum yesterday. It really did cheer her up, as I hoped. You see, that's good, isn't it? I listen to In Conversation, says Noreen. She said, I hope you're well and your cough is better. It's not. And in fact, I'm really angry because today I was going to be doing Des O'Connor. And I just can't inflict this on anybody at all today because tomorrow we've got Maureen Lipman and then the day after we've got Debbie McGee. So better to sort of lose one than, uh, than cancel everybody and make myself really sick. But she says, I listened to the In Conversation. Uh, very good. Many years ago, we were in Sydney. The bill 
is very popular there, and two of the cast, Jack Meadows and Andrew Munro, were touring, advertising the book of the bill. We met them, got the video, and the pictures. Such a good programme, isn't it? Such a good programme. Went swimming again after you'd finished. I'll be so fit soon. (coughs) Yes, I'm sure you will be very fit, actually. I wish I went swimming today, but I'm not a swimming sort of person. In fact, I'm really not. I don't don't swim. Well, I can swim on my back. I can swim on my back. Billy Mays. That's the, the guy. That's the guy, Billy Mays, who's the one who died. Because you keep thinking, it can't get any worse, can it? You, you turn on, and then I was talking to Richard Hakeer earlier, because he comes in at the crack of dawn. I mean, this boy, is his, he's not even on air till seven, I don't think. He's, what he do, I mean, hair and makeup, I know, but, you know, apart from the usual things. And he does his weather, and he has his Weetabix. Is he only, although this morning it didn't look like Weetabix, it looked like, I don't know, some fruits of the forest kind of strange thing. He arrives in with a Tupperware box every morning. And he goes to. The, he has this routine. He comes in, goes good morning, and he hangs his coat up, and uh, and he wanders past me to go to the kitchen. Picks up his pint of milk, wanders back, and pours the milk into his Tupperware box. I mean, it's 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 quite. What he was eating, I've got no idea. Last week it was definitely Weetabix. This morning it didn't look like Weetabix because I can't stand Weetabix. I was all right. We used to have them in winter. My mother used to say put hot milk on them. And I remember sitting there eating it. Oh, it's horrid. Because it what it does, it just breaks down. Whereas the best Weetabix, and you must try this at home, uh, is butter on them when they're dry and some peanut butter on the top. It's like eating coconut matting. It's, it's not unsimilar. It sounds revolting, doesn't it? But I promise you, it's actually a lot nicer than you think it is. Try it just with the butter to start with. and you, It's like raw potato. I like eating raw potato. It's not normal, is it? Um, it's not good for you, is it, raw potato? I don't eat it all the time. I don't sort of go out there thinking, oh, I think I'll, um, I'll sort of go and eat raw potato today. But I have had Weetabix with butter on the but Not now, but in the past it was delicious. Absolutely delicious. Uh, coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. Good heavens, Richard Park is going to be on the programme. Director of Broadcasting for Global Radio. And uh, he's talking about, of course, as the man in the mirror reaches number one in the big top 40 show, this is, this is going to be the turnaround for Michael Jackson, isn't it? I mean, this is where the fortunes start coming in. I don't believe some of the rubbish that we're reading in the papers. They've all walked out the, the woodwork for Michael Jackson, including David Guest, who I never had much time for anyway. This is the man who was so obsessed with Judy Garland, he married her daughter, and people thought he was a bit creepy anyway. He was a huge fan of Judy Garland, and so he marries Liza Minnelli, and they have a big wedding, and then he turns up... I, I never liked David Guest, I'm afraid. I always thought he looked like a cosmetic uh, surgeon's nightmare, that it all gone wrong. He's talking about... He says here, uh, the stress of the concerts killed him. Absolute poppycock. Absolute rubbish. He hadn't done a concert. He hadn't done a concert. Although I did say to Richard Hake here, the idea of doing 50 concerts, you would probably be thinking, I should have actually rehearsed a bit. Somebody wrote to me yesterday. It's quite funny. And said about Leonard Cohen, he's managing 50 concerts. I said, yeah, but all he does is sit on a stool and depress people. You know, he doesn't exactly dance. Leonard Cohen around the stage, you know, who's bad? <laughs> None of that with Leonard Cohen. Suzanne takes you down. Terribly dreary, terribly dreary. Anyway, anyway, we shall struggle through this morning. Uh, what else are we going to be talking about today? Actually, I suppose, it, 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 strangely enough, it's Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. What happens to the kids? As we said yesterday, I think two will go to their mother and one won't, and that'll be awful because they've kind of grown up together. But if there's no money... <coughs> Sorry, somebody was saying the other day, oh, Michael's got loads of money, it's all stashed away. Nothing. Not a penny piece. And hopefully, 
uh, now that the uh, albums will start selling again and people will download the videos and they'll do this and that, hopefully they might end up with some money in the uh, coffers so the kids can live. Because that's awful. Because they've only ever known him and the people in the house. And you can't shut the nanny up, can you? Oh, crikey. I tell you, she, she'll be selling her stories left, right and centre. As indeed they all will be. As indeed they all are. Jacko died in squalor like junkie tramp. You know, there is no doubt about it that people don't live these sort of fantastic lives that you think they do. You know, you, you see them in these big houses. He didn't even own the big house. Unfortunately, it was only rented. Because always, it's always amazing, isn't it? Whenever, you know, the hearse comes out or whatever it is, they're always through these big gates. Why can't they live in a flat like anybody else? Nice strawberries. They're good, aren't they? Very good. And uh, Michael Jackson could moonwalk again if this oddball scientist, this is Gunter von Hagen, he says the star signed a document allowing him to freeze his body by pumping it full of liquid plastic. Oh, God. I reported that yesterday. And uh, what he wanted to do was put Jacko in the moonwalk position and exhibit it worldwide. God, not really sure about that at all. The medic spokesman said an agreement is in place. It's hoped the exhibit will be unveiled towards the end of July. What, Michael Jackson's body is going to be on display? I mean, I think it will be an open coffin, no, no doubt about that. The family, as you know from yesterday, have asked for um, another autopsy. They're looking for another autopsy. Whether or not it happens, I've got no idea. I'm still trying to get over the shock of uh, Glastonbury, which, for the first time ever, was fantastic weather. Everybody worked uh, very hard indeed. It was really nice. And the BBC, or as we call them, the Freebie Company, uh, managed to send 405 staff. 405 staffers and freelancers and hangers-on and people who've got absolutely nothing to do with it turned up to Glastonbury. I find it absolutely unbelievable. I think that's 32 less than covered the Beijing Olympics. 400-odd people. How many did Sky send? Three. Three people, that's all. They, and they managed to get loads of coverage and all the interviews. You don't need 405 people. What a waste of money. What a waste of money. I get very, very angry about things like that. Anyway, we try and get through as much as uh, we can out of the uh, papers this morning. Don't forget, if you email or text, it's 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Strangely enough, when they're looking at the friends of Michael Jackson in the paper today, um, I'm afraid David Guest doesn't feature. Strange that, isn't it? They've got Yuri Geller... He wouldn't tell anybody when he last spoke to Michael Jackson. You know, I can't tell you that information. We're assuming it was years ago. Uh, then you've got Mark Lester. You remember Mark Lester, who was in Oliver and loads of other films. He became friendly uh, with Michael Jackson years ago. And I think they went out only a short while ago. Liza Minnelli and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. And uh, she says that she's uh, absolutely heartbroken because they, they, they did a lot of things. How, how well she knew him, I've got no idea. I suppose as well as anybody else. Do you ever know people? I'd just like to know what he died of. Just like to know, you know, was it a heart attack? Has it, had he pushed himself too, too far, too hard, too quickly? I don't know. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk these are the headlines. Michael Jackson has made it to number one on the big top 40 with Man in the Mirror. The singer's last number one single in the UK with Blood on the Dance Floor in 1997. A report into the way police handled the G20 protests in the city has criticised the police tactic of kettling. The Home Affairs Select Committee says the method needs a rethink. And families of gang victims are going to Parliament today to campaign for a change in the law. They want a new punishment introduced to allow judges to imprison any gang member who's present when somebody is killed. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this Monday morning. J. Louise Knight. Thank you very much, Steve. Starting with the A1M in Hertfordshire. 
Actually, the good news was they all got great weather down at Biggin Hill over the weekend. Record crowds down there. So there's probably some new listeners this morning, so you're especially... I'm sorry I don't sound better for you, or even more, more vitriolic than I normally am. I, I, was, I was sort of trying to save it up, and to be honest with you, I can't find anything in the papers this morning that gets me fired up. The only thing is the BBC wasting my money and your money and everybody else's money and 405 people to Glastonbury. It's a pop festival, for God's sake. Uh, I do laugh at uh, poor old Jordan. Yes, Miss Foulmouthed and Pottymouth. You remember yesterday in the paper, Michelle Heaton, close friend, uh, was saying, obviously via Jordan, it was obviously Jordan said, listen, I can't be seeing it like going to paper, like talking about my perfume and nothing, you know, when Pete's not here, so can you say it for me? So she said, oh, you know, Kate's very hurt by this and all the rest of it, and she's a very good mother. It was a... <coughs> sorry, <coughs> it was a load of old rubbish, actually. And uh, so now Peter Andre has gone to war to fight the uh, vicious slurs against him. Uh, he's calling an urgent meeting of his advisers and friends today after Jordan's pals publicly pinned the couple's breakup on him. Um, this is, as I say, after it was said yesterday by Michelle Heaton that she said, um, oh, Pete walked out on her. And I thought, well, we knew that anyway. We never thought it was the other way around. Nobody likes her. Nobody likes Jordan. She's a vile, revolting piece of work. He's better off without her. Better off. Uh, unfortunately... Uh, the Liberty X star. God, that was about 20 years ago, wasn't it, Michelle? How do you make your living now, love? Oh, I know. You do reality shows. Hey, I turned on the, the television this morning, or last night. Do you know what's still on? And I was surprised. Big Brother's still going. I thought it had finished. <coughs> Excuse me. Do, does anybody know who's in it? Does anybody know who is in Big Brother? There's, there's somebody called Halfwit. And there's, we know that there's um, a little Brazilian gay boy in there who apparently wears makeup all the time now, but also like girls. Uh, well, so he keeps telling her. The rest of them, I've got no idea who they are. I'm quite worried. Normally, in years gone by, I would have known who these people were, but I've absolutely got no idea. So I turned off again, presumably like the, uh, the rest of the audience. Um, Barbara says, actually, you do need to do the papers for us because not everybody will have been able to listen to Anthony overnight. Well, I shall do them then. <coughs> I shall cough and splutter my way through the papers this morning. I'd better tell you the weather, just in case you're getting a bit worried about it, because today, 30 degrees is what they're expecting, so double it and add 30. You're looking at 90 degrees, which means it's hotter than yesterday. Patches of light rain towards the uh, evening. Pollen count, high. Uh, sunset, 9.21 tonight, dry and clear, warm and humid. Uh, tomorrow, hot and sunny, 31 degrees. And by the time we get to Wednesday... Highs of 31 to 32. Friday, heavy thundery showers. Feeling muggy, high of 29 degrees. So you're going to be sizzling. So my advice is, if you're thinking about taking... Do you know, isn't it awful? Because <laughs> I remember years ago, when you actually sort of did what I call a, a proper job, you'd be looking for your day off. And you can guarantee today, loads of people will phone up their bosses and make excuses about why they can't come into work. I, of course, being the trooper I am, and just to prove how ill I am, come into work so I can demonstrate how ill I am, proving that if you don't come in, you don't get paid. I'm not stupid. So <coughs> a lot of people will be taking the day off today uh, because it's nice. And where will they be heading? The coast. Because there's something, you know, people are probably going, I'll tell you what, why don't we phone the boss? We can't phone him from the motorway service. We'll, we'll, we'll leave a message on an answer phone. <coughs> really not very well at all. And put the phone down. And then head to Brighton or something like that. Because that will be the place to go to, I think. That will be the place to go to. Uh, 84850, uk. Andrew in Hampstead, poor old soul, honestly, says, Could I ask you and others to stop reading out the content of the newspapers? It's like finding out the plot of a film before you go to see it. I look forward to buying my paper and reading it myself. 
I suggest you turn off, Andrew, very quickly, because I'm doing every paper this morning. It was like yesterday, there was some poor soul phoned up uh, Andrew Pearce and was complaining about the Telegraph's coverage of the MP's expenses, <coughs> which I thought was absolutely excellent. And he said, um, he said, I, and it is because of you that I do not buy the Telegraph anymore, which I thought was quite good, actually, because everybody else has started buying it because they've got such a scoop with the MP's expenses. So it's brilliant. So, Andrew in Hampstead, we don't actually believe you're Andrew in Hampstead, but it's quite funny anyway. We're going to continue. We've been doing it for 30 years. We thought we'd carry on doing it a little bit. So I'll tell you what, I mean, I don't know, actually. I mean, I don't normally include Andrew Bunty in my, uh, in my newspaper reading or anything like that, or the TV Times. We only do the papers. And, in fact, they've all got the same story. So the front page is Michael Jackson. Oh, God, I've ruined it for you, Andrew. Michael Jackson's dead. I just thought, you know, you don't want to know that, do you? Like the end. Mind you, I love giving away the plots of films as well. I'm very good at giving away the plots of films. I've had somebody wrote in before and said to me, I don't want to know about um, soap operas. But of course now, because they're all filmed uh, so far in advance, it's all in the papers anyway. It's all been there. And in fact, did you not notice how clever EastEnders were? That they were able to weave in Michael Jackson's death in an episode that was filmed six weeks ago? I asked the question again, ladies and gentlemen. How did they know? They managed to weave in Michael Jackson's death. It's odd, isn't it? Something's going on down in Albert Square. They had prior... They did the same with the Queen Mother. They had prior information laid. And that was six weeks ago they filmed that. It's outrageous, isn't it? Very cleverly done. All they did, they just got them back in again and said, just do this one line. Walk through the door and go, awful about Michael Jackson, isn't it? Somebody goes, yeah, I thought he'd live forever. And that was it. And then they just went back to normal programming. But they covered it. Very clever. Because you do ask yourself, don't you, why they're not talking about Big Brother? Well, also, nobody's talking about Big Brother. But why do they not talk about things that go on, like the fantastic weather? You know, a heat wave. There's people dropping every five minutes. And Steve Allen's got a sore th- throat. Can't even speak now. <laughs> so that's why. That's why. It doesn't really reflect uh, everything. Thomas says, we have a heat wave over here. I turned up the air conditioning. Caught a bad chest cold. I've been around the air conditioner. Could be your problem. Could be, actually, couldn't it? It could be the pro- oh, by the way, hot news again. Is this, is this noise my stomach this morning? It might be actually. God knows what's going on today. They found another crop circle. You'll be delighted to know it's in Wiltshire, quite close to the pub again. Uh, only this time, it's even better. This one formed around a dew pond. Now, I don't know if you know what dew ponds are, but uh, out in the middle of the countryside, Hugh Broom could probably tell you about this when he eventually staggers back into work, but it's something that forms out in the countryside, and you can either make them or they form naturally, and it's a pond full of water. And if you dig down deep enough, you line it with straw and you do something, and the dew forms and goes into the middle, and it's used to, uh, for cattle to drink. But anyway... This one, formed around the dew pond, well, it was done by the students in uh, Wiltshire, it's been linked to the discovery of a giant jellyfish shape in an Oxfordshire field, also quite close to the pub, earlier this month. Expert Karen Alexander, there's always one, isn't there, an expert, said, this is the first circle in the world to include real water elements. We be- believe it's a close relative of the jellyfish crop circle. Incredibly exciting. It's just, it's marvellous. Do you know, I tell you, I love these people. It's, it's, they're, they're, they are like the Flying Saucer Brigade. Aren't they? You know, they go, I definitely saw it, you know. It was a flying saucer. It came in quite low. Never lands in Leicester Square, does it? We keep appealing, but nothing happens. I I did see a programme last night, The Secret Caribbean with Trev MacDonald. It was the most tedious pile of rubbish I've ever seen in my life. What a piece of self-indulgent crap, if you'll pardon the expression. You know why? It's they obviously said to him, I tell you what, Trev, you've not been on the television for a little. What do you fancy doing? And he went, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going to the Caribbean. 
And so they went, OK, we'll organise a nice freebie holiday to the Caribbean. So that's what he got. But it was the most boring programme I've ever seen. I mean, I'd, even Mike Ward, writing in the paper today, says, I've been banging on about how telechiefs are treating us like dribbling imbeciles when it comes to travel documentaries. They really are not going to hold our attention. Stephen Tomkinson's African balloon adventure. Anti-clockwise around the M25 with the ginger one out of Girls Aloud. You know, it's as exciting as that. Steve Allen's tour of Twickenham. You know, Martin Clunes, Islands of Britain. I mean, next up, The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World with Kerry Katona. I mean, why not, for goodness sake? I mean, she can probably make something up. It is absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It was just ridiculous. We weren't interested in it. For goodness sake, Trevor, don't waste our time. You know, just retire gracefully. When people say they're going to retire, for God's sake, do us all a favour and do it. Don't retire and then make a comeback. Because somebody goes, you fancy a free holiday to the Caribbean. Because some of the, these programmes are so thin and weedy. There's not a, not a shred of interest in there, I'm afraid. Uh, poor you, says D. Take care and keep up with the hot drinks. Uh, Re Michael Jackson. I think his dad is vile. Uh, on ABT, how big Michael B now went to the award show. Was I think, you know, people are now saying, do you think uh, that Michael Jackson will be bigger in death than he was in life? That was the big question they were asking, <coughs> excuse me, the other day. And I was thinking, probably not. I know that there are fans. I don't understand how fan or, you know, hysteria works. People go and sit on Hollywood Boulevard next to his star with a, with a nightlight. And I'm thinking, yeah, why? I don't, I don't quite get it. I mean, he's not going to walk back through the doors of UCLA. Uh, the next time people see him will probably be in his coffin. And what do people do then? I suppose it was it was the the Diana syndrome, wasn't it? Whereas uh, millions of people turned out across the world, but then she was killed in a car crash, and people were going, "Good God, how on earth could she be killed in a car crash?" Whereas Michael Jackson, presumably, just went very quickly. We we're having a long discussion about this upstairs before the program on how we want to go, and the idea is you want to kind of go quickly. You don't, I, I don't want to be pushed around on, in wheels, thank you very much indeed, or have people liquidising food for me. I want to go long before we get to that stage. So, in fact, probably the way that Michael went was the best. He went, his career was on the wane, he was just about to sort of take it back in again. There was no stress involved. In fact, th- there can't have been, because they, they were just saying he's recorded a hundred new songs. How lucky was that, I think, to myself. So he's recorded a hundred new songs, which, of course, will probably all do very well in the charts. And uh, he was rehearsing for the show, which would have been, to all intents and purposes, quite good. What I'd like to see is them do the show, but with different people doing it. Somebody suggested the other day, why not have Justin Timberlake doing one of the shows? And then, but, you know, it must be to get some people from the Thriller show in London. And they could learn the show. And so you've got it, but without Michael Jackson. But all those poor people who've rehearsed the blooming thing, who were looking forward to 50 days' work at the O2, and, <coughs> sorry, all the, <coughs> all the technicians and everybody else, and it would be great for them, wouldn't it? They could say, listen, you've, you've learned this show, you've rehearsed it, we're going to let you, let you do one show, which would be good. I think that would be really good, actually. I think that would be fantastic. Just so they can say, listen, we did rehearse it, and we've, and we've done it. Just, just for the one time. Just do it, just do it you know, once. That would be enough, wouldn't it? I would think so. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Nice to see that... Um, uh, Oh, we've got to go to a break, have we? Oh, crikey. Oh, blimey, I've missed it already. I'm so slow. LBC 97.3. The Devia. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 6 is the time. 
yesterday, the papers were full of uh, some model linked to Jack Tweed. Anyway, there's a picture of her at a house today. It doesn't look as exciting today, unless it's the made-up picture. We don't know what sort of model she is. And uh, she's apparently just a good friend. She says, he's one of my brother's mates, and we all hang out. It's no more than that. Thank God for that. Uh, and well done to Russell Crowe. He uh, nipped into a uh, pub in Wales and had a, had a couple of drinks, as you do. And he performed several songs on the guitar with his pals. God, that's all you need, isn't it, really? Nothing worse. It used to be my worst nightmare when <laughs> you get people like Bross coming. They go, uh, we'd like to play you our new song. Oh, don't, don't, scary, scary. One worker at the uh, inn in Tenby in South Wales says it was surreal. Why was it surreal? Because he left a tip. How big was the tip? £600. That's what you call... A g- My God, they're very pretty, aren't they? Very pretty. Almost too pretty, the presenters of the big top 40. They don't even look real. Look like Barbie and Ken. <laughs> very pretty people. I've just noticed them on the television. Sorry, I'm momentarily distracted. Actually, talking to pretty people, Prince Harry has had dinner with Natalie Imbruglia after a rock concert. I mean, I love this. Natalie made Harry the guest of honour at her 34th birthday party in February. Of course she did. She's social climbing. That's what she's doing. Harry recently ended a brief liaison with Caroline Flack, 29, and the rest. Uh, No, it was no relationship at all. Apparently they might have just had a little snog. Because, I mean, you know, the palace would say, no, not her, really. She's a serial person. You don't want to go there at all. Uh, 8 for 850. Just wonder why Peter Andre doesn't do what McCartney did and keep quiet during the divorce. Uh... Uh, Andrew, I, I promise you, he he will. I think he has up until now. Andrew is one of our Bobbies on the beat, round the corner, Charing Cross. Are you on the foot or are you um, are you uh, are you in a car? A bit difficult to tell actually. I waved at a policeman the other day. Oh, no, I fooled myself. But uh, this car, as it was coming down, I was chatting to Michael on Saturday evening because he was just going home and I was having I was having sort of semi dinner and drinks with Alec and uh, Hillary. And this police car came down and he waved, so I automatically waved back thinking, it's like, you know, it's that old thing, you know, you're standing by the side of the road, a car goes past, and you can try this yourself, it's quite funny. You go, beep, beep, and wave at somebody. Sure as God made little apples, they'll wave back at you. They've got, and then somebody said, who is that? And I go, I don't know. So I waved at this policeman until I realised he was waving at another policeman a bit further down by the ice cream van. Talk about feeling stupid. No, I think Peter Andre has actually been quite good so far. He has maintained a discreet silence. I think, unfortunately, Jordan has kind of dug her own grave, if you pardon the expression, because the, the partying in Ibiza, the fact that nobody likes her, and the fact that every time we watch the programme, she was the foul-mouthed one. I mean, she was the revolting girl from hell. You know, your worst nightmare. And we did warn Peter Andre. We did say, listen, if this ends in tears, which it quite clearly is, um, she's going to be even more revolting than you think. I mean, she's going to be absolutely atrocious. You, you, you haven't seen how bad she can get... Take my word for it, she can be bad. Dr Johnny Brixton says, hope you haven't got swine flu and start a mini panic at the studio. (coughs) I don't know what it starts with. Is it coughing? Oh, please, God, it's not swine flu. I can do without that on a Monday. I've been nowhere near Mexico. Although I did actually strangely get the the overwhelming uh, desire to dance the other day. Uh, Something else to the paper today. I mean, A, it's Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. They've got the shock findings of the autopsy. Well, it hasn't been released. The autopsy has not been released. What they're doing is speculating. Uh, the ribs were broken, as we said, and that was because of the bid to revive him. Virtually bald and wearing a wig when he died. Face was a mass of plastic surgery scars. Well, we knew that anyway. This is, they haven't told you anything here. Uh, the weight, it showed him as eight stone, one ounce. I mean, that is light, but you do get thin people. Scars reflected at least 13 cosmetic operations. 
Well, you know, we know he's had surgery, he's said that. Only partially dissolved pills found in the singer's stomach, uh, said to be severely emaciated, and ate just one meagre meal a day. Wish I could just survive on one meagre meal a day. Uh, unexplained bruising on his knees and both shins. Well, I've got bruises. Don't ask... Do you know, I, this is a constant source of worry to me. I'm convinced in the middle of the night... Somebody comes in and pummels my legs and then walks out again. Because every time you get up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, and I'm looking at my legs thinking, where the dickens has that come from? There'd be another bruise. I mean, the other day, I'd cut myself on the back of my... How? I've got no idea. I'm assuming there are elephants trampling all over me in the bedroom. But I've got bruises on my legs that I shouldn't have. I don't know where, where they come from. They're just... Does anybody else have this as you get a little bit older? Uh, so Trevor's bit about Cuba was interesting. Uh, I just thought it was a bit a bit awful. Lynn says, actually, I think a tour of Twickenham with Steve Allen would be wonderful to see all the sights we hear about from your hairdressers to Iceland. <laughs> actually, strangely enough, Julie Peasgood went the other day and she said the fish shop's great. She loved it because we have a fresh fish shop. You can't miss it. It's the only one still with the Christmas trees up. And she loved that as well. And she liked the, um, the, uh, the greengrocer, Paul, as well. So she, was, she said, it's really it's quite, quite a buzzy little place. I said, well, that's about it. The rest of the time, I'm afraid, it's all, um, it's all charity shops. Uh, Steve, you may have a nasty cough, but you're on top form, says Fiona. Went to Biggin Hill Saturday, had a fantastic time. That's when Richard Hakeer went. I'm here to tell you, he couldn't get into the hospitality. He stood outside, and, uh, you know, you always get one of those people that, yes, sir, can I help you? And he said, I've, I'm, I'm with LBC, and I'd, I'd like to have a cup of tea or something. No, do you have a pass, sir? Uh, no, I, d- I don't have a pass. No, you're not coming in here, then, are you? And so he didn't. He didn't get in, poor soul. But he has, he's, he actually just sent me something a minute ago, and I'm only telling you this now because it might affect you, and it's, uh, it's the weather update, just issued by the Met Office, a level two heat health warning has just been issued. Now, that means you should be prepared for a heat wave, which could affect the young or the very old. So it either goes very young or very... I don't know which one I fit into. I think he sent it to me deliberately. I'm convinced he sent it to me, and I fit under the very old, because he's put two stars by it. So just be careful today if you're going out. If you've got young children, make sure they've got a, a hat on, because it's, it's, it's going to be a, a scorcher. It really is. We don't have any... Because uh, I don't know if you've ever had heat stroke before. It's very nasty. Very nasty. Um, another one here. Apparently, uh, says D, <coughs> he wasn't at rehearsals, Michael Jackson. Someone from the production team was on the US News Channel. Uh, the biggie's going to be the custody case. That's when it will all uh, hit, the, uh, hit the fan. Uh, Andrew in Hampstead has come back again, which is fantastic. Because he's not, his name's not really Andrew. And he says, why don't you give out the contents of your one-man show? He said, that way it will save people and money in having to go and see you. But I, I do. This is the one-man show. You're listening to Andrew. You're obviously a regular, aren't you? You're obviously Because we haven't mentioned the one-man shows for about a few months now. So you're obviously a regular. <laughs> but uh, you must come and see it, Andrew. Or whatever your name is. Uh, Catherine says, I never realised you guys get sick pay. We don't. We don't get sick pay. That's the thing. We don't get sick pay. Um, Nora says, I'm off to uh, Loch Lomond for some fresh air. hope the air moves today. I, th- I, c- I could do with sitting under a... Sh- you know when you're a kid, you have the, the hose on the lawn and you just nobody minds getting wet. You just run through it. You know the, those things that go backwards and forwards? Mike says, will your studio be fumigated uh, before Nick takes over? You sound awful. I know. It's not good, is it? Not good. No, because we've got air conditioning in here. So, in fact, whatever illness I've got, it'll be passed on through the entire building. So, if it's diphtheria, look out, London, here it comes again. <laughs> uh, trouble at um, 
Terminal 5, I'm afraid. They had a, a new problem after a luggage conveyor belt broke down. And British Airways had to suspend the check-ins because of the fault. And I did say a short while ago, I don't know if you've ever been behind the scenes at Heathrow. They've, they've done various documentaries on it. It's like something out of... You've never seen anything like it. There's cases whizzing about all over the place and little infrared lights that divert them to this flight and that flight. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Steve, swine flu starts off with a very high temperature and flu symptoms. Would be unable to move. Could be an allergic reaction to the weather. I'm going I'm to go and check with the doctor anyway, actually. Vince says, you'll know if you have bird flu. <laughs> symptoms like finding it hard to reverse the car or taking hours to buy a pair of shoes. Oh, that's it. It's so cruel, isn't it? What are you saying? My jo- there have been various jokes about uh, people and, uh, and reversing cars. And I did go out to buy some shoes the other day, but I want a half size. And Marks and Spencer's didn't have a half size, which was, uh, which was a great show. So I only managed to get one pair of shoes. I'm going to go and try again later on today because I don't want, to, don't want to miss out on this thing. So I've discovered ten and a half is, is much nicer than ten. And eleven's far too. It's like putting on boats. Ridiculous. Pauline uh, says, wish my Auntie Beatty a very happy 90th birthday. She's still living, or is that just because, you know, you get people 90, because my auntie Enid, well, we don't, don't really talk about my auntie Enid too often on the programme, but uh, she listens every day. We used to talk about your show when I were in the UK. So there you go. See, at 90, you see. I think at 90, people, have you heard? He's very rude, you know, that's Steve Allen. Very naughty. Very naughty. Um, and Amanda says, when Michael Jackson uh, got off the court case, my mum sent him a card to congratulate him, and her a mere stripling in her late 70s. I think that kind of knocked him uh, sideways, I'm afraid. Phil Clapham, as you're doing the papers, any headlines of few water scorcher, or there are any photos of two girls in bikinis splashing in the waves at the seaside? Do you know, strangely enough, the Daily Star today, for it, for it is them that we turn to, have... No, they have the souvenir edition of OK, the official tribute issue to Michael Jackson in loving memory, with the last picture as he dies. So that's fantastic, isn't it? So they've obviously got their, their heart in the right place. Not... And I'm trying to find out if there's any picture. Oh, there's a girl here, our Polish pet, Eva. She's an archaeology student, and she forgot to put her bikini on. So that's good news, isn't it? So she's your, your favourite. Oh, here they are. Oh, golly. Here they are, the two girls, Ola and Magda, both from London, cooling off in Brighton in the sea. They only look about two foot tall, these ones. Here. I don't know if you can get an Im- impression of what people look like. But here they are, jumping around in the sea. Because uh, it's a state of emergency. Oh, and here's, here's somebody else. This is Nadine Coyle from Girls Aloud. And uh, Nadine's wearing a little bikini as well. And she's in a swimming pool. So that's good. And apparently she was with Lady Victoria Hervey. There's a waste of space if ever there was one. I wouldn't hang around with her, do you? You don't want that naffness to rub off on you at all. Uh, who else? Anybody else bouncing in and out of the water? No. But that's what you generally get, isn't it? And they go, phew, what a scorcher today. You watch tomorrow, you'll have a picture of a policeman from Charing Cross Station standing with his trousers rolled up in the fountains at Trafalgar Square. That'll, that'll be my favourite... <coughs> sorry, my favourite picture, I think, of tomorrow. Do you know how many um, Sharia law courts there are in this country, they reckon? 85. 85. And these Sharia law courts are the sort of courts that um, operate within the Islamic community. They're not recognised in this country, but they're recognised by the people who go to them. Uh, According to research, this man has found out that um, these uh, courts will do all sorts of things. They can ban women from leaving home without their husband's consent. They can deny divorced women property rights. The severe punishments for homos. Severe punishments. As you know, in Iran, they hang. 
They, d- they don't waste any time at all. And I should imagine Iran is probably absolutely chock-a-block with sort of men who like other men and women who like other women. But God help them if ever they're found out. You remember we brought you that horrendous story some years ago where those two boys unfortunately happened to fall in love and uh, I think they were executed as fast as they could get them on the end of a crane. They didn't believe it was happening. I don't think anybody in the West believed it was happening either. I mean, they're so backward, these people. They're so backward. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting. And I think they were executed at the age of 16. And even up to the last minute, they're being interviewed for the television programme. They must have been thinking, something's going to, you know, this is not going to happen, is it really? They do. They, they do. They actually take people's lives for things like that. Absolutely dreadful. It's uh, quarter to six. News headlines. Michael Jackson's doctor is insisting he didn't administer a drug that may have contributed to the star's death. Conrad Murray's attorney says the cardiologist never prescribed nor administered Demerol. Cancer patients will be given the right to see a specialist within two weeks of being referred by a GP. And check your change. Experts say some 20 pence pieces could be worth more than you thought. A rare mistake led to some being minted without a date on them. And they could be worth £50. Check on the state of the roads for you this morning. J. Louise Knight. Thank you very much. Steve, well, the A1M in Hertfordshire still has the outside line. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's 12 minutes to uh, six. Why does it take 415 people to cover Glastonbury? I've got no idea, but the BBC, <coughs> excuse me, who love to waste your money, uh, decided to send that many. TV presenters, they sent seven. TV editorial producers and directors and editors, 30. The technical side, 130. Radio presenters, 20. 16 Radio 1 editorial staff went. 17 six musical editorial. Five, five live editorial. 30 radio technical. Uh, four BBC introducing stage. 18 interactive and 130 short-term contractors, making a grand total of 415 wastes of space. In fact, you know, you only had to turn on the television coverage to realise that it's really sunk to a new level if Lauren Laverne going, oh, I'll watch Blur on... Th- I mean, how old is this poor creature? You know, shrieking away like a five-year-old. Joe Wiley, who contributed zilch, I'm afraid. I've never seen such poor presentational skills in my entire life. And then, poor soul, wearing Jimmy Choo Wellingtons. Unfortunately, of course, the weather at Glastonbury was glorious sunshine. How to look like a complete idiot, be like Joe Wiley, wearing a pair of £250 Wellingtons. Apparently they're so popular that even Peaches and Pixie Geldof have followed in their boots, boot steps, and they've ordered a pair as well. So you know they're pretty naff. So here's Joe Wiley wearing What do these people do on there? All you're watching is a load of people who, who can't act their age droning on about, oh, I didn't watch Blur, and I did this and I did that. I watched Madness. That looked like organised chaos on the stage. It really did. But 415 people. What a freebie. I'm going to start withholding my licence fee. I think I might start watch, stop watching the BBC full-time. I might only watch ITV. It, it's going to be my, uh, my, my little protest, I think. This 20 pence piece, incidentally, um, in case you're actually wondering, is missing the date. You're missing the date. There's, they reckon there's a load of them, 50 to 200,000, and they've not got the date on. However, somebody's willing to buy them at 50 quid a time. I haven't actually looked at mine. I'm not even sure if I've got... I don't think I've got... I haven't got any 20 pence pieces on me, which doesn't help, does it? But uh, that's where you're looking for. Turn to the Queen's Head, and uh, the missing date should be between the F dot D. 
If it's not there, it could be worth up to £50. And then you have to register these things online. I'm not going to give out the website because I think it's a waste. Frankly, it's only 20 pence. And it is worth 20 pence, but it could be worth up to 50. They're saying only a few of these reach the public. But, I mean, how many people start looking? I bet all of you have now done that. I bet all of you have started reading that. Wait a minute. I don't think it's got a date on it. Do you think it's got a date on it? I think not. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, I would say it's down to aircon, as it affects me the same. Can't have it on in the car. Wish you better from Trish, the lady who nearly choked uh, when I sent in the sweets. You know, it could be air conditioning, but I'm, strangely enough, I've been working at air conditioning for years, and I've got it in the car, and, um, and it's never affected me in the slightest. Never affected me in the slightest before. So whether, whether or not it started affecting me now... Pretty remote, I would have thought. Pretty remote. Uh, more on Michael Jackson. And um, Martine says, uh, The week came about due to a stage accident involving hair gel catching a light. Do you remember some years ago? I always... Th- he was filming a, an ad, wasn't he, for, for Pepsi or something like that. And I remember then thinking, you know, it, it's quite normal for a lot of black people to wear wigs. And, uh, you know, so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest that he didn't have very much hair. The kids look nice. And uh, we just hope that they, they're all, they're all s- staying together. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? You can't... Every paper I've opened up this morning, though, the nanny, you can't shut her up at all. You really... Uh, Britain's oldest mother has gone back to work. That's uh, just four weeks after giving birth. Elizabeth Adney returned to work as managing director of a plastics company, leaving her son in the care of a live-in nanny. How lovely. So real bonding there going on, I would have thought. Um... And there's another one hit now. Oh, yes, we must send our good wishes to Len Goodman because he's been fighting cancer and he kept it quiet in true Len Goodman style. Um, he says, I feel as right as rain. He's had surgery to remove a cancerous tumour in his prostate. And he said, I feel fine. So he didn't feel the need to tell anybody. So good luck. He says, uh, well, as long as you come out the other side, why worry? Everything is gorgeously good. So good. Good for him. Well done, Len. And we send you uh, our very best wishes. Seven minutes to six. Boys are genetically programmed to prefer Bob the Builder to Barbie dolls. You know why? They've done... Te- they always do tests. Have you noticed? When I was young, we never did tests at all. But apparently, tests involving children as young as three months suggest biological differences and not social pressure dictate which toys children like to play with. When we, when we were younger, and probably when many of you were younger, we didn't actually sort of worry about toys to play with. I never sort of thought, oh, I must have this toy, because there wasn't the peer pressure. And I don't remember seeing adverts at Christmas. In fact, if you did get adverts, it was probably for Play-Doh, because we made our own... Enjoy- you could go and play in the garden, and you could climb trees and do things. You don't need to sort of play... Well, you had a few old battered old toy cars and stuff like that. Nowadays, you look at the price of Barbie dolls and flower fairies and My Little Pony and the Sylvanian families and all... And you, you've got to have the latest ones. I can remember when, when Charlotte was growing up, uh, she had a Barbie plane. Well, to try and get it out, the box was a nightmare. You know, because it comes, it's all wired in, you've got to put the, the stickers on the side and then it makes the noise, uh, the Barbie... And it was, it was never big enough to put Barbie in the blooming thing. So Barbie stood to the left, you know, wearing her... A sort of nice British Airways outfit or whatever outfit it was. And then over in this country, poor old Cindy never got a look in. It was all Barbie because the uh, the, the, the publicity just seemed to go before and, and people just seemed to like it. Barbie looked a bit trendier. Cindy always looked a bit heavy as far as I was concerned, <laughs> even though I'm sure that she was terribly, terribly popular, but obviously not as popular as, uh, as the other one. Uh, Roland, good morning. And Johnny says... Uh, 
Just like the Notting Hill Carnival, Glastonbury, it's corporate and lost its way years ago. I presume Limp Opic is getting down with the kids. Now, what did we discover about Limp Opic the other day? Oh, yes, Limp Opic, the one who went out with a cheeky girl, apparently gets paid £10,000 a year to be an advisor to the Caravan Club. I ask you, £10,000 to be an advisor to the Caravan Club. Doesn't make any sense, does it, really? I see that poor old um, Earl Spencer is back in the paper again. Why is he so hell-bent on throwing his wife and children out of their home? You know, he used to be an LBC presenter. <coughs> Earl Spencer, yes, yes, he used to follow me in the afternoon. He was one of our freelance, he used to stand in. And, uh, I think, God, it's Diana's brother. It's Diana's brother, you know. Terribly exciting. Uh, Michael Jackson couldn't live without his drugs. This is uh, Jackson's confidant. It's amazing. They just all crawl out the woodwork now, haven't they? Just about everybody to sell stories on him. It's terribly depressing. Terribly depressing. I'm with with Anthony. I don't really want to know about what went on behind the scenes. I don't care about his wigs. I don't care about, you know, how bizarre he was. I don't care he slept in a, an oxygen tent. I didn't believe half of it anyway. I just cared about the fact that if you watch the videos, they're very, very good. They're very... I mean, I wish I could dance like that. I mean, I can privately. I'm not going to be telling you about them. But uh, that's a bit of a shame. Uh, Tammy says, Is there a problem with the podcast? There have been no updates on some people since last week. Not you, of course. Case in point, Petri Hoskins' last podcast is from the 23rd. I shall, I shall get them to check today for you, Tammy. So, mine are all right, are they? But the other ones? Yeah, everything's, everything we think is, is fine. We will get it checked out. By the way, if you don't know about podcasting at home, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, it's guaranteed to put a smile on your face. Because just in case you're going on holiday and you think, I don't want to listen to that foreign radio... I'd rather listen to something from home. You can download all of our programmes, 24 hours a day, and you can take them with you. It's so easy to do. So easy to do. And then uh, you can sort of sit there and you can be sitting on a beach surrounded by sort of people with ice creams and you can be laughing, listening to a programme that was recorded some time ago. There you go. Johnny, always PC, says, as an orthodox atheist, can I implement some of the Sharia law in my cab, my gaff, my rules? I like that idea. I think I don't think it'll work, but it's, it's quite a good one. And uh, Michael Jackson converted to Islam before his death. Yes, well, strangely enough, I thought he should have been buried within 24 hours, but they're still doing an autopsy. So we're not too sure about that one, because I was trying to find out about that as well. I mean, under Islamic law, I do, I do remember that after death and any autopsy, the body must be washed, covered in a simple scented white sheet, and buried immediately. I mean, that would mean a funeral today, but the family are holding out for another autopsy. I mean, I, I don't think the world's media will allow this level of haste and privacy. Can't see them grounding news helicopters for that event. No, in fact, they, it will be a big event. It'll be on the television, won't it? It will, it will have to be. Mind you, there's somebody who won't be on the television today, and uh, her name is Jean Clough. Jean Clough is 77. Why are we mentioning her? She's been given an ASBO. She's at 77, apparently. She's the neighbour from hell. She really... And there's a picture of... She's got one of those shopping trolleys on wheels. And, you know, we don't, we don't like those. You know, we have the mad bird woman of Twickenham who seems to live in Richmond and go round, and she's got this shopping trolley on wheels, and in it, dum, 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 she's got hundreds of loaves of bread and caseloads of seed which she drops all over the place to feed those filthy, disgusting pigeons, only good under the wheels of a big Bentley. And so she takes all this bread, throws it... Of course, at night-time, the pigeons round our way have barely got the energy to lift themselves off the ground... They are so fat, the pigeons round our way. They walk. They don't fly. They walk. When somebody goes, we're going to feed you again. Oh, I couldn't eat another thing, they go. And this woman feeds them. 
And then, of course, as soon as she wanders off with this trolley thing full of these... She must go to somewhere cheap and buy loads of bread. Somebody else turns up and starts emptying the contents of their restaurant all over the place. It's quite disgusting. I wish the police would actually uh, go round there. It's like in Leicester Square. It's not Leicester Square. Trafalgar. They're actually banned from feeding pigeons. So all the barmies go round. They drop the seed down their trousers so it comes out by their shoes. Have you ever seen them? Because they're mad. They're mad. I can't tell you anything else apart from that. They're mad. People go, pigeons will starve. No, they won't. No, they won't. Never see emaciated pigeons, do you? Well, I've never seen any emaciated. They're all fat and bloated round here. Uh, 84850. And he says, can you say hello to my son Gary on his way to work in Ascot? He's a chef and he will be feeling the heat. I tell you, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near working in a kitchen today. The heat will be astronomical. And there's a health warning as well, so just take care. It's LBC. This is the sound of someone's life changing. Morning, everybody. Monday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We're a bit sicky-poos today, but it's only because we've got uh, this... It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, Jill says, Carla Romano's back with us. He's back in America. Why? Well, that's where she's supposed to be, of course. She's o- she was brought over here. This is the girl from GMTV. Mm. She- she's not the... Oh, this is Susan Spence. Good morning. Good morning. And so, so Carla Romano, who's never had a scoop in her life, and they bring her back over here to do some cover, and Michael Jackson dies, So, which is just as well, because she only would have screwed it up. And so now they've <laughs> sent her back to America again. Oh, have they? It's all very odd. <laughs> all very odd. Um, hope you feel much better, says uh, Ross in Northwood. Have you got the cold, then? Something wrong I, d- I don't think what it is. It's a chesty thing. I was, like, racked with pain this morning. You know when you get one of those stupid coughs that you start coughing and you think, right, I'm not going to cough for a minute and it's um. just not physically possible because something... There's either little men walking about over your stomach or something like that and you think, <coughs> just got to cough and it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. And then in the end, your chest hurts. I've had a bit of a, a sore, gravelly throat for the last couple of days and it's not so far materialised into yeah. anything. But I just didn't. think with this... Um, Weather, it's kind of... It's a bit close, really, isn't it? I don't like this weather Wait at till all. Wait till today. It's going to be worse. Oh, hideous. Can't 31 today. Oh, 30. Some people, yuck. of course, love it. And they go, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Not me. No, I hate it. I'm the worst person because my, my uh, thyroid doesn't work. So I can sit in the middle of winter and perspire for the country. <laughs> and unfortunately, I'm probably going to do that today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of rest my throat today and uh, make myself better. I must just mention very briefly that uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari... Uh, just after news at seven this morning. The paper reviewer is Culvia Ranger, who's the Mayor of London's Director of Transport Policy. They're going to be looking at uh, how we remember the lives of tarnished celebrity icons uh, with Bob Brill, news anchor reporter at uh, CNX 1070 News Radio in Los Angeles. <laughs> I love these. I, I just love these stations over there. Uh, also talking about the first trip for the Javelin high-speed train. Uh, and also... They're going to be, they are going to be asking the question, which we asked early on, why does it take the BBC to send 407 people to Covent Glastonbury? To be honest with you, nobody watched the thing on the television. Nobody's remotely interested. It's just a load of aged uh, journalists, sorry, aged presenters. If I see Lauren Laverne on another thing, it'll be five days too soon, I'm afraid. <laughs> and she's there just getting excited. Oh, I stood next to Blur and I think, you haven't contributed anything. It's a pile of old rubbish. And, uh, and they've sent people out for Michael Jackson... You know, in, in Bel Air and to just... And it's the same, but why don't they just have one person there feeding it back? Make it so much easier. But as Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror reaches number one in the big Top 40 show, Richard Park will be a guest at uh, 09.30 this morning. Director of Broadcasting for Global Radio Europe's biggest commercial radio group, owner of LBC, Heart, Capital, Classic, XFM, Choice. 
about 150 other stations as well. But anyway, <coughs> have you been watching the Michael Jackson stuff? <laughs> <coughs> it's getting worse, isn't it? Yeah, it's really... doing so well. Um, yeah, I, well, not too much of it, I have to admit. I mean, I, I found out about it when a friend texted me about 10 o'clock on Wednesday, whatever it was, and it hadn't yet been confirmed. Um, I then turned on the next day and saw them dissecting it quite literally and thought, mm. no, I'm not up for this. So I think the only thing I've done, I've not really watched much of the news coverage. I've uh, watched, you know, like the Michael Jackson story and a couple of bits on T4, which I found quite interesting. Mm. Um, but I'm not really in for all of this, you know, standing next to shrines and all of that kind of thing. No. Um, I did pick up the papers yesterday and, and had a read about all the information and everything about his autopsy and blah, blah, blah. and. Cool. Um, post-mortem, whatever it is they call it. Mm. Um, it's going to take ages to get the toxicology results through, I think about six weeks. Well, I mean, clearly his family seem to think that there's something not quite right, and even if the next post-mortem's clear, they want to have a, an independent um, review of it. So they're clearly mm. thinking that there's something not right. But it did seem a bit strange with the whole doctor guy, didn't it? Um, I heard the 911 call um, that they made and said you know, get him off the bed and onto the floor. And the doctor was giving CPR on the bed, apparently, which, of course, you're meant to give CPR on a hard surface. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be too many questions, to be honest. I think it's just questions. Que already conspiracy theories have started. Well, yeah, I think it doesn't help with that kind of stuff on the internet, though, when you hear the 911 call and then you think, oh, that's a bit strange. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. played that back on one of the television programmes, the 911 call. Yeah. Which I find a bit strange. Well, I think now with it, with everything, with with this, there's so many, you know, types of media now um, and ways mm. and with technology that you can get hold of different things that nothing's going to be secret, is it, for any length of time? Um, but, I mean, it's just going to go on and on forever. Yes. I have to admit, it's just, I mean, you know, I, like I say, I like the story bit of it, of his life, and I think it's terribly, terribly sad uh, that the poor guy, you know, what happened to him and the way that he was and everything else. And I think he was such a victim, a tragic little victim. Yes. Um, I think he but, was a little boy who was never allowed to grow up. And yeah. And he left and us at the age of 50, and probably some would say, uh, good, because at least it's spared him any more suffering. Or the It can't be easy if you read things about yourself in the papers. It can't be easy to be followed by the media. We haven't got any idea. I mean, I know, as, as you do, people who are famous... But they're not followed 24 hours a day. Michael Jackson no. couldn't walk outside the house um, without encountering the media. Apparently, according to the uh, the uh, the nanny, because she you can't shut her up now. I mean, she's <laughs> just goes on and on. She said he used to dress up as a woman and go out. <laughs> I find quite frightening. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was why he had Neverland and all <coughs> that kind of thing, so that he could do the theme parks and do different things. But mm. I think it's quite frightening, <clears throat> based on what I've read, the, the terrible financial situation he was in. I mean, yes. you know, and the way that it, apparently, I mean, whether Hopefully it's not true much longer, or not. I think it'll, it'll change now. Well, like they say, he'll, he'll never ever be richer because of the fact that, of the, like, you know, the, the number one that he's got, the amount of um, albums that are selling, yeah. um, you know, it's bit, like anything, a bit of a shame that he's more successful probably in death now than he was in in life, and that's saying something. I liked his father's comment, and it's, it's the same one we all think of. He said, it's, it's such a shame Michael can't be here to see what people are saying about him. You know, because we'd all like yeah. to find out, you know, you actually die, and then you think, I wonder what people would be saying about me. Mm. You know, and, and you'd be almost like, nice if you could come back 
and uh, and see and look at the outpouring and and go. Do you know actually people did like me no matter what sort of publicity I got and what sort of coverage I was popular because he's dominated radio stations. In fact, without Michael Jackson's music, most radio stations wouldn't be surviving. No, I I saw him at Wembley um, and the Bad Tour. I saw him two nights of the five that he was there, and it was great. Sorry, I was just doing my bad impression. Yeah, it was great. You did all the moonwalk stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Um, but I had to admit, I didn't have an inclination to buy a ticket for the one that was coming just as well right now, because I would have seen it. I know. Can you imagine how bad that would have been? <laughs> All right, listen, very, very quick break. It's 6.15. LBC 97.3. If you decide... 18 minutes past uh, six. Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. Actually, strangely enough, Susan, I've looked through the paper. Normally, there'll be something that would sort of get me going in the morning. But it's all its all the Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's full of it, isn't it's, it? It's just full, and, I've, and you see no sign of it finishing at the moment. No, I don't. I just think it's going to go on and on forever. Yeah. I mean, analyse, inside out, back to front, you know, it's just, it's just everywhere you look at it, that's what they're going to do. But... Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just hope that they don't find something that's a bit suspicious and not nice. Mm. I can't remember if they did with Elvis Presley, did they? No, I don't think so. I can only remember the, the paramedics were called and he was on the bathroom floor and that, was, and that was it. See, I can't really remember the whole Elvis thing. Oh, I do. I was listening to LBC. Were you? Yes. I, I, I was listening to LBC for, and I heard Presley's death announced and I reported Marvin Gaye's death. Right. I was reading the news when that one came through, so I, I read that one. Now, I'll give you a funny turn mm. when you read something because you think everybody's hanging on you because people will be going, what? What? Did I hear that right? Turn, turn yeah. up the radio, turn up the radio. And, of course, now you, you've got every other, as we say, internet and you've got your phone to check it on and all that. Before well, the website you know, that actually yeah. announced Jackson was the one that broke the news of somebody else's death, so they knew it was pretty reliable. Mm. But that, that went into meltdown as well. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Phenomenal, isn't it? That sort of word filters out very, very quickly. And then, of course, what you get, which it just amazes me, within mm. 24 hours, if not less than that, um, they started with the jokes. People started sending me jokes. It's unbelievable. It's like, there were... How do you get... How do people get them so quickly? But I tell you I mean, what... People sh- are sitting on loads of them. <laughs> They're all unrepeatable, but you probably know yeah, them are. at home because you've probably seen them on computers and the kids have probably had yeah, them. Yeah, or set them with a mobile. But I tell you what I thought was really sad was that Farrah Fawcett died on the same day and did she get a... a Little no, but column, she was, little column inch. In well, she, the, um, she was managed to be woven into about ten of the Michael Jackson jokes. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I just thought that was a shame that you know she really didn't. I mean, she should have got a lot of coverage, and ordinarily she would have done. I mentioned on the Friday. I said I know that Michael Jackson's passed away, but Farrah did. We knew that she had cancer. Mm. We knew that it was you know that the end wasn't far away. But that's equally tragic. Although she does have that thing. They they both died on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Terribly tragic, though. Terribly it is. tragic. I just think, you know, she didn't really get much coverage. and She got one newspaper front page, because when I came in on the Friday, the early edition didn't have Michael Jackson, mm. because it was too late before it was confirmed, and she made the front page of the Mirror. Yeah. So I thought that was, I mean, in, in its own way, was quite nice. Of course, by, the, by later on in the morning, all the papers were Michael Jackson. But, I mean, you know, she was the first, she's like the first angel to die, and I think, I, I thought that was a bit shame that she didn't get much coverage. She was also the, the girl who inspired a generation of girls to change their yeah. hairstyle. Mm. Everybody wanted, I mean, I wanted a Farrah cut <laughs> and I wanted those sort of long, you know, in, in my dreams because everybody wanted that thing. All of a sudden she became, you know, it was big, big rollers in hair yeah. and people had thick blonde hair and they were doing things with it. And then she did that shoot, didn't she, in a red, red 
Yes. Um, swimsuit yes. Yeah. Oh, she was lovely. Oh, she was, and they were in their day. God, they were she so wasn't a great famous. actress, it has to be said. If you watch Charlie's Angels, I mean, it was, it was a great innovative programme. But she wasn't great in it. I mean, it was it was a bit sort of camera cutaways and things like that. Yeah. It was still good fun. Apparently she's left a lot of money in her will to um, women's institutions. to oh, help, good for her. Yeah, to help women who have been, you know, abused and other things. Yeah. I can't find out. We, we tried to find out whether or not she married Ryan O'Neill again. He said that they were going to. Uh, they did actually get married, did they? A couple of days before she died. Because she didn't have the strength and they weren't sure that she could get through it. Because in, in the last stages, people just sleep all the time and they're, they're sedated. But they, they got married. So that was quite nice. And her mm. son, I think, could be out of prison for the, for the funeral. Yeah, they reckon that she might do. Because luckily she didn't know do, that yeah. he was in prison. Because I think that would have sort of hastened... I think that was their only child together. She's got other children, though, hasn't she? I'm not sure, actually. I don't I know if she did have Oh, more. really? Oh, I oh. thought they had a couple of others. No, okay. I, sure I know I Ryan and her had this this one who was a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, he was. Yeah, spent most of his time is. in prison, poor soul. But that's the uh, the troubled children of the of the rich and famous. Yes, it's quite normal, the, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think it is because they're introduced to so many different things that perhaps you and I are not because of the money that they're surrounded by and the types of people that they're surrounded by. Yeah, do you think anybody? Somebody said to me the other day, "Do you think anybody <coughs> who's got loads of money and is terribly famous?" Is, is not troubled. Could there be anybody who could be considered not troubled? Because every time you read in the paper about them, it's either drugs or money or depression or drink, alcohol abuse or down and out and this, you know, and you think to yourself, goodness me, I thought money was supposed to bring you happiness. Well, I was reading, I think it was in yesterday's paper, that man who won the lottery, he won £9 million. Yes, lost it um, all. Said he had a wonderful life before, and then after the money, that was it. He said, he, if, if anything, he'd crawl over a bed of nails um, in order to get his life back and give up that money. He said it brought nothing but trouble, and now he's an alcoholic, his wife left him. Shouldn't laugh, and but I mean... just think, why can how you did not that be happen? But how can you not be level-headed? I mean, if you won £9 million, You'd be the same unchanged, sweet little girl from next door, <laughs> ribbons in her hair and, That's you know, it. taking the sheep down to the fields and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like little Bo Peep, ladies and gentlemen. That'll be me. Just it the wouldn't same change me at all. You'd only buy a house, a car. You wouldn't develop into an alcoholic, would you? Well, apparently he started drinking on his own. Why? I'm not so sure. He, he no tried friends. to continue. Well, I think actually that was yeah. it. He tried to continue working in the bakery that he was in. But apparently the people gave him a hard time because they were like, well, what are you working for? Because you've got plenty of money. Oh, dear. Um, and then they lost a lot of friends because they thought they had changed and all of that kind of thing. And then his wife kind of, um, you know, the, you know, it's like they kind of drifted apart. <laughs> I felt very sorry for him. I thought, oh, God, what a shame, really. But, the, but that's the trouble, isn't it? That The people who end up winning a lot of money on the lottery aren't geared up to having a lot of money. So in mm. other words, uh, to win a million pounds on the lottery... Uh, would be lovely if you only weren't 10,000 a year because you have a million. But you and I know, you look round London, you go, oh, can I buy a fancy penthouse in uh, in Leicester Square? And they go, no, of course you can't. No. Not for a million pounds, you can't. Way above that. You know, there are houses of 45, 60, 70, 80 million pounds in London. Mm. A million pounds is nothing. But if you've never had very much and then somebody gives you nine million, you can do it. I would think you'd end up with a load of hanger-oners. Well, that's what happened. Apparently you got fleeced out with quite a lot of money yeah. by a con guy. So, Why don't these people take advice? The bank is there to offer advice. They offer every lottery winner the same thing. You know, financial advice, this is how to, how to make your money work for you, and you can give to charity, and it's there for the rest of your life, because the whole idea is it buys security. Mm. Yeah, well, you should be able to live off, of £9 million, pounds, you should be able to live off you know, I hope the so. benefits of it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was... Um, I'd be giving presents to people. I mean, you would, would be included. Would you? What would I get? You, you, tenor. Don't, uh, don't quibble it. Really? Tenor. Oh, that's Cash. so... Je Cash? Cash. Oh. Yes, but then... The, all right. Well, here, here is the dilemma. 
So you're working somewhere. Just suppose you're working for, for a company or you're working in a, an office or something like that, and you win that much. What do you do for the people you work with? Do you give them all £1,000, in which case somebody goes 1000 or do you just give it to certain people because you don't like everybody? What do you do if, if you're working in it? Or well, do you, you just see, opt I out would, quickly? I would tick the box that said I don't want any publicity. Somebody would find out. I would know because you'd probably come in in a different top. <laughs> <laughs> I'd know immediately. If Susan won the lottery, ladies and gentlemen. Or you mean I might get my haircut cut. Might get a haircut, like be a new bag, new, there'd be yeah, something that would give it a... And I'd be going... Like, you've won £9 million, pounds, that you? You've got a nice watch on, I'd be going, or something like that. Mm. There would be something. I would think you would find it difficult, A, to wipe the smile off your face. <laughs> Well, I think I would tell close friends, but I wouldn't, like, you know, broadcast it so that every hanger-on or whatever. But in answer to your question, well, I don't know. I'd struggle to... I'd even struggle to think how much would I give my family. <coughs> I struggle with that as well. I think, well, what should I give? Because, like you've just said, you'd think, OK, well, if I give them X amount... Let's just say I give them £10,000. Mm. No, £10,000 is a lot of money. But, like you say, somebody might say, £10,000, you just want £9 million quid. I know. And I'd be like... You're ungrateful, you know what? I know, what? I'm taking it back. Yeah, yeah, well, you don't yes, want you it, see, fine, I'll give it win. to somebody else. I'll give it to the What do you give to the producer? Me. Do you then get, because everybody in the office is going to be saying, oh, Steve just won nine million, how much did he give Amanda? He took her out for dinner or something. And then people are going, that's a bit mean, isn't it? You think, you, 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 you can't win no, in you that situation. Be, you, you, You'd be <laughs> half, she says, half, <laughs> in your dreams. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to win. You wouldn't be able to win at all. Because I thought maybe I'll just have a big part. I haven't won, incidentally, just to, before you, you get the wrong end of the stick. But I think I'd have a big party at the Savoy when it reopens. And you'd invite everybody from work down. And then you would ha- give them all watches. I don't like wear a watch, so not one for me, thanks. Uh, oh, oh, OK. See, there you go. Ungrateful. Well, oh, no, Amanda doesn't, doesn't want wear the watch, watch either. either. No, we don't you want see, to watch. I can't win. Can't I'm win, offering no. a dinner and a free, probably a Rolex or something like that for the ladies. And, you know, something. No, I don't want to watch. No. With sort of Steve Allen, lots of love written on the back of each one. Oh God, definitely don't want one. <laughs> you see, can't win. I tell you what you want though. You want what? Michael Jackson memorabilia because I worked out over the weekend. There's a warehouse with all the programmes for the shows coming up. They must be printed. The T-shirts must be printed. The baseball caps, all the memorabilia must be sitting in a warehouse ready for the concerts which take place in less than two weeks' time. Well, that's it right. It must July, be ready. Yeah, of course. So must somebody's be. got it somewhere. Well, they'll start appearing, won't they? Yeah, but presumably they haven't been paid for it yet, because it would because that that's where they they would generate at the concerts. I should imagine if, if they wouldn't take a hundred thousand a night, they're not trying. So there's all this. It must be printed. I'd like to see what what the program looks like. Now there, there's a there's a journalist scoop for you. Go out there and find where all the all the merchandise is for the concerts, because it must be made already. You wouldn't leave it so late. I imagine though these poor companies making <coughs> it all if they don't get their money. Well, then they can probably sell it because it will, then will become collectible. Yeah, that's true. You know, this was the last programme. It's like the, the tickets. Will a lot of fans send their tickets back for the refund, if they've actually got them already, or will they hang on to them because that will be the last souvenir of Michael Jackson? I suspect that many people go, I'll forego the money, I'll hang on to the ticket. I think a diehard fan will keep hold of it, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there'll be other people saying, I want, I want my money back, but I suspect real fans will say, no, I want that, and I'll get a picture of him, or perhaps we can buy a programme on eBay, mm. if such a thing exists. All right, listen, we'll take a very short uh, break. So I'm not giving Rolex watches to anybody this morning, because <laughs> nobody wants them. Not having, a, not having a dinner either at the uh, Savoy. I don't know, you've got nine that. million. I quite like that idea. You'll have the dinner yeah. at the Savoy. Yeah. OK, perhaps we'll just buy your whistle and a balloon or something like that. OK. Obviously quite happy with that. LBC 97.3 in the Austria.
such a dilemma this morning to know what to do with this nine million. I don't know whether to pay Susan's mortgage off or to give Amanda a Timex watch or a... Ro- I mean, it's just difficult. <laughs> a Timex. A Timex. <laughs> well, that used to be considered quite a good gift well, was, yeah. a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, talking of good gift, uh, Mr Blacker is still down at Wimbledon. Unfortunately, this morning, the poor soul has now not only all by himself, but he's got no coffee machine either because it's broken. I don't, and it's not cheap, as we've already discovered, <laughs> even, even with a discount... Heavens above. Anyway, Phil, you're down there all, all by your lonesome. At least you've got... I am. You're going to bake today. I know. Uh, it's incredibly bright already for yeah. this time of the morning. Incredible. But as you say, no coffee. No coffee. Um, Sorry about that, because I've got a lovely cup of coffee here. <laughs> Quite delicious. It really is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I mean, if you like, I'll pop one down for you. That would be very nice, yeah, if you, if you could. <laughs> so you haven't got... Did you not think to take a flask in? Well, no, because I've been getting the coffee every yeah. morning. That's, that's the one thing that I've been able to sort out at this time of the morning, but not today. Yeah. Ridiculous. Honestly, I, th- I think you should have had a little flask and take some Weetabix down. <laughs> I did bring some fruit with me this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, right. I thought I was organised. I Come thought I'd get a nice cup of coffee and then have some fruit. Oh, isn't it awful? I know. The trouble is you build your hopes up. I know. And then dashed. Apparently last week, poor soul Su- Susan was, was sitting in the dark before somebody showed him how to work the lights. No, no, no. They, they turned the lights off on me. Oh, that's right. They turned the lights yeah. off on him. Oh, he was sitting dear. There like this. Somebody came in and flicked the light switch off. <laughs> I didn't know he was in there. He's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> the size of a borrower. You could hide him in a matchbox. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, shall I do some sport? Yeah, do some sport for us. Okay, well, it is the uh, the start of the second week here, of course. Uh, fourth round day, everybody left in the competition. Thank you, Sorry about that. I was, I was just speculating on something else, Phil, at the moment, because I'm just thinking, last week was, was very good for you. Yep. But, um, but it didn't finish well. Silk Trail. No, I just pipped, I think, wasn't you just it? Pipped. You second. should have gone each way on that one. Mm, well, it was, I think it was the even-money favourite or something like that, yeah. so uh, not really worth it. What's all right? Mabate, Mabate, uh, for Alex, was seventh out of 12, so he lost £2. £38.66 for him in the red, and for you, £40.34. So today we're off to Pontefract, the 3.45, Sioux Rising, as in the uh, Indian um, tribe. I Sioux. Right. <laughs> Just in case everybody thought it was somebody else's Sue, I don't know. Sue Rising. Sue Rising. Sue Rising. Okay. One of those. <laughs> I see. What are you fans? Uh, I'm also going to Pontefract 315, Jack My Boy. Jack My Boy. I like that. Yes. Okay, so it's, you've got high hopes, have you, for this well, one? Well, relatively. relatively. Relatively high hopes. So are you down there all week, then? Or? Uh, I think that's the plan now, yeah. Right. It's, it's you know, Murray's, Murray's doing the business, so yeah. certainly as long as he stays in, we'll be here. What I'll try and remember tomorrow, I've got a free mug with the evening standard, and if you, you put your coffee in and you tighten up the top, and I, if, I'll, I'll bring one in <laughs> right. and leave it in here, and then you can put a hot drink in there and then take it down there. <laughs> Excellent. You can have a hot drink in your own little flask. <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah, exactly. So, so are you coming into the office this, this week at all? Or? Uh, maybe at some point. Right. Well, yes. I'll, I'll remember to bring one in, because I've, I've got two tomorrow, because I'm quite good with my free gifts. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a very generous person. Yeah, excellent. And I've won nine million, incidentally. I was hearing that, yeah, very yeah. good. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> no, but what, what would you do with nine million? What, who would you give money to? Well, I, would, uh, <laughs> I would reinvest, I think. Oh, would you? The yeah. producer balmy woman that she is, said if she won 25 million, she'd said, I'd give away 23 and she'd just keep two for herself. Mm. <laughs> How mad is she, eh? <laughs> you don't, you don't need much more than that, do you? But it, it's kind of... Yeah, are you, you mad? Do, Phil, you of course you don't do. need it. You'd like it, obviously, but you don't need it. Yeah, but if you won it, you wouldn't be giving it away, well, really, no, would you? No. You'd give 23 million You wouldn't give 23 away. million away, but... You know, you can survive on two. See, Amanda's worried that, you know, in her circle of friends, the caftan sandal-wearing people, <laughs> you know, she would be the one considering... So she'd probably have two caftans. <laughs> so you, and that would make her rich, and that would set her apart from other people. 
Whereas, in fact, I would actually buy the shop that makes the caftans. <laughs> <laughs> that way you can get money out of your friends. <laughs> there you go. So you, 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 you would give a lot away to charity? I'd give, uh, I'd give a fair bit away. And I then I'd, I'd reinvest some more, because money makes money, doesn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. So. And I think in your case it'd be a brewery. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard somebody talking. Is there somebody else there? No. That's, uh, that's from the court outside. Oh, that's, really? Uh, yeah. <gasps> I think that's probably one of the. They've actually just appeared to clean the uh, clean the seats oh, on the court. Ask so. if they've got any coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Go make friends with people. Yeah, I think I might have to. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Will do. All right, kiddo. Take thanks care. for that. Bye bye. Phil Blacker down there at uh, at Wimbledon. It's going to be very hot today. Very hot. They've issued a, a weather warning. So if you're very young or very old, or you've got an illness that is. Uh, Affected by the heat, my advice is don't go out today. Or if you do go out, cover up, because it's it's just going to be an absolute scorcher. I went to um, Wimbledon last week on Wednesday. Didn't have any ticket. Went to queue, which I've done in previous years, but not recently. Mm. And it was horrendous. We got there at eleven thirty, and uh, the queue was just in places that I never even knew existed at Wimbledon, right across Wimbledon Park. Just <coughs> horrendous. Wow. They've got this new system now where you get given an actual ticket with a number on it, and that's your queue ticket. You're allowed to leave 45 minutes from it, and then but you have to join it back in again. So you can't like take the ticket and then come back in a couple of hours. Right. So we got there at 11.30, and they said to us, you'll have a long wait. You'll be lucky if you get in before 5 o'clock. No. Um, so we thought, mm, we've kind of stood in this thinking... Do we really want to sit here, stand here for five and a half hours? And it was baking. <laughs> and that was only 11.30. And we thought, mm, no, let's go away and come back and see if the queue's gone down. Anyway, we went away at, at midday. Turned out they'd, they'd um, closed the gates at one o'clock, weren't reopening them until five o'clock. We went back at three and they were like, you're lucky if you if the gates are open at five and there are still all these people going to get in. So in the end, we just went to a bar and watched on the telly. Oh, Really disappointing shame. because in previous yeah. years, we always got in. Um, and the steward said he just doesn't understand this year what it is. It's just so busy. Tourists. It's just un- tourists. Well, it's been it's be- tourists every year. Yeah, but this year, more tourists. <laughs> Even more tourists, I just unbelie- I've never seen that many people at, at Wimbledon in, waiting in a, in a line. It does make it. It generates a lot of income. Mm. generates a lot. Actually, Mal says that the Biggin Hill air show was brilliant. Excellent live coverage of the event by LBC. I know. I wish I'd, I'd gone down to it. Actually, next year I might, I might go down. I might go down because I do like planes. It'll bring back... Some uh, some nice memories. Um, I know somebody who knew who, who won lots of money on the pools. No matter what she gave to the family, it wasn't enough and caused nothing but grief. Because you remember Viv Nicholson won uh, the equivalent today of a few million, but in fact it was only one hundred and fifty-five thousand. And uh, she managed to lose husbands, two dropped dead. She had cars and everything because she said she was going to spend, spend, spend. They did a stage show about her life. Really? She's still alive, yeah. But she came from a little little uh, northern town. And it was working-class family. I think they used to exist on, like, £10 a week. So to win 155000 they came down to a London hotel. Never been in a hotel in their life. And she bought cars. And you could buy houses then for, like, £6.19 and threepence. <laughs> yeah. Much much cheaper than they are today, actually. Emma Thompson's not troubled, says David. Yes, but is she a superstar? No. She's not a superstar. She's just, so, no. just a nice actress, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Farrah Fawcett did, origin- uh, did originally... Uh, get a lot of coverage on her death, but sadly overshadowed by Michael Jackson. Mike says, don't forget you broke Steve Irwin's death on LBC too. Yeah, absolutely. That was a shocking one, wasn't it, Steve was Irwin? Was that the one that got eaten by the crocodile? No, the stingray, the the, uh, the ray uh, lashed his chest. Oh, that's right, but he was the one that played with crocodiles as such. Yes. Yeah. I used to, used to tease them, actually. If yeah. I was a crocodile, I'd be getting, just one more inch, mate. One yeah. more inch. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
Uh, Tony says that Michael Jackson had a, a multi-million dollar contract recording with Sony. He didn't. That's the trouble. That's the trouble. He didn't. He didn't have anything. Somebody said, oh, he was worth a billion. He was worth, he was worth nothing. Absolutely nothing at the end, which is a shame, really. Listen, uh, it's quarter to seven. <laughs> Check on the headlines with Matthew Schofield. Michael Jackson's private doctor has denied administering the painkiller. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. A bit throaty today. Stephen in Liverpool's going to start a campaign for Susan Spence to have a permanent slot on LBC. Oh, thanks very much. That's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't very expect good. that one. Didn't see that one coming. And Steve, on the 12th of July, I'll be 60. Says Hazel. Sadly, I won't be celebrating with my husband as I lost him three years ago. But I want to say thank you to my daughter Tracy and granddaughter Tia as they took me out for the day to the Treen Museum. And they're taking me for lunch today. And also Rita, who's been my best friend for about uh, 20 years. We all need a best friend, but if you win 25 million... <laughs> You'll have 25 million 25 best million new best friends. Can you imagine? Imagine. Everybody's saying the coverage of the Biggin Hill uh, air show was fantastic. And Kev says the Eurofighter at Biggin Hill was a bit of an earth mover. Blimey, how loud is that thing? Every time it flew over, all the car alarms went off. Really? Oh, huge. Absolutely huge. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and Ross, thank you very much indeed. The, there were no lyrics, unfortunately. There were just these sleeve notes, and it didn't have the lyrics to the school song Richard Attencell for... Um, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, which is the original 1930s with Robert Donut, uh, which is a great shame because we're still trying to find the blooming things, and it's not easy at all. Not easy. Uh, Pauline says, uh, Auntie B T be delighted. I do hope so. We like people to be happy in the morning, I think. Uh, another one here that says, uh, can Susan tell us the latest quickly of the updates of the soaps, just so I can keep up with it? Shall I quickly do it? Quickly do it. Go quickly. On. OK, tonight. Molly and Kevin start their affair. Oh, uh, pass the bucket. Oh, um, no. and Molly also, and Kevin. Yeah, Molly, Molly and Kevin. It's oh, just horrendous no. the way that they've done this. Um, quite funny because Rosie spends £23,000 on a new car and she can't even drive. <laughs> um, and this week, uh, Friday, Maria goes into labour on the beach and Tony delivers the baby in a beach hut. Uh, it's a little boy. Uh, Emmerdale, um, a bit traumatic tonight for Andy. He's forced to give up Butler's Farm because uh, both he and the animals are in a bit of a, a state. Uh, he's uh, clinically depressed. Uh, it's quite sad. Uh, but that allows a new family to move in. Uh, Lexi collapses with an ectopic pregnancy. Oh. And, uh, Carl you think feels, your life's been bad, ladies and gentlemen. Carl feels guilty because he never wanted <coughs> the baby in the first place. And strangely enough, Eric Pollard wants to open up a funeral parlour. What? All very bizarre because the interior's Where, business... Yeah, because the factory at the moment and the interior's business has gone down the pan. So he thinks, ah... A funeral parlour. Funeral parlour. You know, lots of people dying. Can you just open up a funeral parlour like that? Well, he gets planning permission. Street, no, really? he does, but in the end he changes his mind next week. Um, in the high street, we've just got coffee shops. And I wonder, really, why people don't think, you know, it's, it's a, you're always going to need a funeral director. Why not just open up a funeral director's? But funeral directors typically tend to be family businesses that have been run for years and years, Yeah, but they? most of them are owned. I think it's proven now that even though it's got a family name there, they're owned by, I think, three big insurance companies who oh, bought really? up all the... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like a cartel they're operating. Mm. Funeral. Oh, oh God, like yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, quickly, in EastEnders, um, Phil's got a mystery woman. Now, you're going to have to just have a guess of who it is, because it's, it's been kind of, like, embargoed. Oh, right. But actually, is it somebody in it? Yes, it's somebody in it. Right. Who's already with somebody else. Oh, right. Oh, well, I'm even so you're going to have a think about that. Um, and it's also the grand opening of the cafe this week. Because you know how Ian's cafe got yeah. burnt down in the fire? Did it? Yeah, it's all been oh, um, revamped. Cathy's cafe's been revamped. And he does this, like, Willy Wonka ticket-type thing for somebody who wins it and they can get this, um, you know, meal for all them and their friends. And, of course, who wins it? 
Phil Mitchell. Oh, yeah. God. So, um, oh, and that, what a disaster. Heather decides. Yeah, I know, exactly. Just to wind him up. And Heather decides to abort her baby. Oh, crap. Um, so that's this week. But next week's are already up on the website. So if you either go to your website, which is steveallenshow.com or steveallenshow.co.uk or susanspence.co.uk, you'll find them there for next week. So Because I'm actually well ahead of myself for once. Blimey. I know. Good grief, woman. I know, I did them on Saturday. I can't oh, believe it. Oh, lovely. I'm even more right. impressed. I know, I know. Even more impressed. Because nobody's going to be doing anything, I'm afraid, with this heat today. It's going to hit with a vengeance. It's just, it's just not going to be pleasant. And for some reason, I'm, I was watching, I was down by the river the other day, and the amount of joggers we've got around Twickenham. We should have the fittest people in the country. I mean, everybody jogs. I was the only one who wasn't jogging. <laughs> did you not feel left out? I didn't feel left out. I didn't, I didn't feel the urge to actually go out there and uh, jog. Tammy says, count me in for the campaign to get Susan Spencer permanent slot at LBC. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Amanda says, where do I sign up for the campaign? Rila Spence. Oh, goodness Rila me. Rila Spence, oh, I Spence. ask you. The familiarity. Oh, of these okay. people, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry I've not been uh, <coughs> 100% today. If I'm trying to shake this uh, this cough, I'll be a lot uh, <coughs> a lot happier about life, let me tell you. Yeah, I hope it doesn't settle in. Settle in where? Your chest. and It's in my chest. Whoa, I hope it Little doesn't... Little people walking across I my body. It nest. Nest? <laughs> what do you think this is, for God's sake, woman? <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> well, you know what they say, once it gets a grip, that's it, you're never the same again. Oh, don't say that, for oh, goodness I'm... sake. Honestly, it's a cough. <coughs> I'll be all right once it's gone. I hope it goes. I might have to go to the uh, the old chemist today. God, imagine if you were off. off. Oh, that would be a major thing, wouldn't off, it? Off, I mean off. Off, as in off, off sick. Are you Couldn't mad? I know, exactly. Are you mad? Good heavens above. When was the last time you were off sick? When was the last time you had to miss a show? I can't remember, actually. It's, it's a bit like being um, Michael Crawford's understudy. When he was in Phantom, Michael was notorious... Uh, for not taking time mm-hmm. off. In fact, even when he was ill, they would be injecting him at the side of the stage to keep him going for the next bit. Uh, it's a bit like that. If there was sort of a Steve Allen understudy waiting in the wings, he'd have died of boredom by now <laughs> because he's not getting on the show. That might be a woman, I don't know. It could be anybody. It could be Susan Spence. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Jenny's in King's, about to have heart uh, op. She loves you and she's very scared. Oh, listen, I've had heart op. It's easy. It's easy. It's just, you know, you sort of have to accept mixed wards now. But you I'm must still been scared, though. No, not at all. Didn't bother me in the slightest. Absolutely petrified. <laughs> Absolutely. Pe- I'll tell you for why. It's the fear of the unknown. But you have to remember, yeah. they do it every day. That's what they do. There will be surgeons getting ready to go in and scrubbing up to do something that they did, you know, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, every day of the week. It's just like Holby, you know. It's a bit like Holby, except yeah. the people that I have my surgery done with know what they're doing. I suspect the people in Holby don't just remembered it from a script. <laughs> I'm not at all... <coughs> sorry, not at all convinced. It's a shame, really, isn't it, that you can do everything now, replace the heart, and you can't get rid of a blooming cold. No, I know, isn't it amazing? They closed common down cold, the yeah. common cold research yep. uh, unit. Dom the Milky gives you a vote as well. Does he? Spence for speech. Goodness me. It's all getting What's a bit worrying, this, actually. Oh, yeah. Is this your family? Oh, I, don't, I don't have that big of families. That's why I wouldn't have the problem about splitting the 25 million. Exactly. Well, we're certainly not giving it it's to the producer. Easy. God, waste of money. She's going to give 23 million away. No chance at all. Yeah, but if she did win it, I know she doesn't play, but if Amanda did, then we would probably get something, if you think about it, if she'd give away 23 million. That's true. Perhaps we I could say, listen, something. I'm going to help small animals and rodents. Mm. Could you give me 10 million for that? Do you think she might? Yeah, I think she would. <laughs> I think she'd give her anything, It'd be actually. quite nice, actually. <coughs> Michael Jackson, they've said, uh, 
has left his three children a £60 million secret treasure chest of unpublished songs to save them from financial ruin. They mm. reckon that he's uh, recorded all these songs. Well, he hasn't written a, a decent song for a while, because all his, all his, his back catalogue is good. But they say, as the threat of bankruptcy loomed, this could be the thing that keeps them going. Yeah, apparently he's got something like 200 songs. Wow. I quite liked the last album that he did. I think, what was it called? Invisible or something like that. Well, it's, it's the it, one it that did a very respectable face. eight million. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and then he did the number ones, didn't he? And that, the number ones has gone into number one. The videos yesterday. were sensational. I was watching them on MTV over the weekend. Mm. I mean, really good, very, very classy I mean, videos. The feature length video of Thriller is just. I've got nobody that on my will ever beat that. No. I mean, it's just amazing. Amazing. I'd love to have. I'm sure there must be the making of Thriller. In fact, there, oh, there is, is actually. There, there is, is the, making the making of Thriller. thriller yeah, there is. It's going to be very, very good. Uh, bargains out on the high street today. A Toyota sewing machine, eighty pounds from Asda Direct. I just thought I'd mention it in case today you were sitting out there thinking, "What shall I do?" <laughs> what do is some, it? Is it a singer? I'll do some. It just says it's a Toyota sewing oh, machine. Oh, Toyota, sorry. Yeah, and uh, Summerfield are doing Cadbury's Roses and Heroes. Normally three seventy nine, now one eighty nine. Now I think there must be something going on with Heroes because <coughs> there's another supermarket that's doing Heroes half price. All oh, right. I wonder if they've got a job lot or they've got too many and they need to get rid of them. Ah, you think so? Well, I don't know, because isn't that strange? Cadbury's Heroes are doing in other supermarkets as well. I quite fancy a bubble machine. It's from the Early Learning Centre. It's only £10. (laughs) I've always wanted a bubble machine. I I bought three bubble guns in the the market and none of them worked. My friend's got a bubble machine for a little boy. He used to get out in the garden and all these bubbles just go everywhere and the kids love it. They do, but it does make a mess. Don't don't have it inside the house. Don't. But uh, stay in today. Do be careful. Do... do, uh, do cover up if you've got very young children you're going out today because it's going to be a scorcher. And tomorrow there'll be pictures of policemen playing in the fountains of Trafalgar Square <laughs> and Susan Spence <laughs> in the garden with a hose and a bouncy trampoline, I should Probably, imagine. Probably, yes. But, uh, Spence for speech, as they say. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. She's back with us next week. I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning, please God. And uh, <coughs> go, and, go and learn how to podcast, please. And read the blog later. It'll just say, he was ill, which will, which will cover it quite nicely. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at five. Enjoy the rest of your day. It is going to be very, very hot. Nick will set the temperature spinning after the news, which is next on LBC. Power. Lower emissions. <laughs>